Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is really an important one, developing loan officers in a difficult market, and that certainly is our market today. I have the perfect expert, my friend Jason Holgren, who is Senior Vice President, Director of Mortgage Sales at United Community Bank. Jason's had a long career in mortgage banking with Wells, Fifth Third, and Amerisave. Hi, Jason. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? I'm excited to have this topic because certainly I hear every day people talking about what to do with loan officers during this hard, this much more harder market forum. But before we kind of jump into that, let's talk about yourself and how you got into the business and who were your mentors that really made a big difference in your career. Sure. Well, again, thank you for, for having me. This is exciting. I know we've tried to do this for a while and I'm glad we're able to get our calendars together. But yeah. got into mortgage banking, kind of like most people, I kind of stumbled into it. You know, I grew up up where you are, up in the, the Northeast. I grew up in uh, Princeton, Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Went to college at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. Go Gamecocks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I graduated. I had a degree in uh, international studies. I did ROTC and was an active uh, fraternity uh, member at uh, Alpha Tau Omega. So, got out and did what most people do. Uh, you know, one of my fraternity brothers uh, reached out to me and said, uh, he didn't tell me this at the time that his company was hiring. Did I want to talk to him? And I said, oh yeah, sure. He didn't tell me at the time he was going to get a referral bonus if they hired me. So I went and I interviewed with uh, Norwest Financial, uh, you know, which was the financial consumer uh, finance division of Norwest Bank, South Carolina. I came into mortgage via the uh, consumer finance route with uh, Norwest and learned how to read the five C's and, you know, read credit and trade lines. And uh, like a lot of people that start in that business, then I stumbled into mortgage by way of subprime lending. And then, you know, that evolved after, uh, you know, uh, you know, realizing that uh, that's not what I wanted to do. And I wanted to get into the A paper business went on and uh, got into a uh, mortgage at First Union, you know, which had a lot of the Cameron Brown mortgage folks there and got to know George Rosario and Hugh Rowden, Jennifer Gavry, C.D. Davies, all the folks uh, there at uh, First Union. And we went through multiple you know, mergers with uh, Wachovia and South Trust, uh, Golden West, and then the financial crisis hit and you know, we're Citibank for a couple of days and then Wells Fargo. And as you mentioned, was at Fifth Third and worked, uh, you had the privilege to work with uh, Bob Lewis and Marty Garrity and Anthony Weekly there. And I went to a bank that Gary Cease had started called Certus uh, in the mortgage division and worked with Wade DeRoe and Jim Bowie there. And then, you know, went over to Amerisave when Certus uh, sold their assets to Amerisave and, you know, worked with uh, Ed Abu Ferris and Patrick Markert over there. Then, you know, was at a community bank, got in the community bank side that kind of operated like a hybrid uh, independent at State Bank with Tom Bird. And uh, they got acquired by Cadence and, you know, fortunately had uh, developed a great relationship with Mike Davies along the way, who was at UCB. And we had always talked about getting together and had the privilege to come on here at uh, United Community Bank uh, back in 2018. And we've uh, hit the ground running and it's been a lot of fun growing. It's much more fun to to grow than, than doing other things. Um, so uh, really excited to be here. That's 
you know, kind of uh, kind of my background in just a few minutes. So you've had all these mentors. I mean, what was uh, talk about maybe what was most important for you? You know, if I had to do it all over again, I think uh, the the thing I probably would do would be to seek out the mentor first. It seems like you know, every position I've ever gotten in mortgage has been through somebody that I worked with or gotten to know previously or through the Mortgage Bankers Association of Georgia, which I'm very active in. And then also in the national MBA. So I, I, you know, you can't discount those relationships that you build through your mortgage bankers association, both on a local level, as well as on a national level, you know, and, and I would say things that I've learned from, you know, from those mentors, you know, not in any particular order were things like listen, learn and lead, beware of the draw or the guarantee chaser. Sometimes the best deal you do is the one you don't, don't burn bridges consider feedback a gift, inspect what you expect, and don't assume negative intent. So those are you know, things I've, I've learned along the way, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other nuggets. Uh, but I've you know, been able to, throughout my career, find a mentor at every organization and definitely subscribe to win friends and influence people mindset. Well, we could do a podcast in each one of those lessons that you've learned. So that's that's really interesting that you mentioned all of them. They certainly are important. Talk about your challenges in your current position as director of mortgage sales. What what, what are you running across in today's world? We are an aggressively growing community bank here in the southeast, and yeah, we are about to pass twenty five billion in assets. We're in six states. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, the biggest thing is as you grow, when I started here at UCB, we had uh, 17 assessment areas. And I think after this next acquisition that, you know, we're buying in Alabama, Progress Bank closes, you'll be close to 44 assessment areas. So, you know, CRA is the top of our minds. Uh, so increasing the diversity in our ranks and in our markets, really focusing on meeting all of the needs of the communities you know, in our uh, majority minority and LMI census tracts, you know, in all the markets that we serve, the aging demographics, you know, in our industry. And uh, we, we are like everyone else, you know, where the median age of an LO, an LO applies here as well. You know, so building that future bench strength with, with rookies and people from within the bank that want to learn mortgage that have high potential, so obviously recruiting managing the capacity and increasing our funded, you know, units per FTE in a challenging market. You know, I think we all know, you know, leaner is better, uh, but doing our best also just to keep a profitable business mix. We're doing a fair amount of portfolio right now. And, you know, we really need to watch, you know, our, our saleable business, uh, you know, metrics against our portfolio business metrics. Well, a lot of trends, certainly, that other folks are definitely having to face for sure. It sounds like you guys are really further along than others are. But talk about some trends that you think mortgage bankers aren't addressing that they should be. One thing that we're really big on right now, uh, well, and it's it's part of the DNA and the ethos of, of United Community Bank is our culture. I mean, that is that is paramount. You know, so really keeping our culture as we continue to grow uh, and follow our growth roadmap, but keeping our culture, building our culture as we continue to acquire and bring on new teammates. Uh, and then, you know, focusing on building high performance teams. I mean, we are, you know, we are a family, but it's a high performance team. So you know, we can't always put every player in the game, if you will. Yeah, you know, they're still family, but but we need our best players on the field at all times. So that we have to manage out our underperformers. We can't just keep people around because 
they've worked here forever. So focusing on uh, managing out on performers, you know, don't rely too much on social media or video. As we all know, nothing beats face-to-face bonding time, whether it's happy hours, association meetings, board of realtors, things like that. And then, you know, people care more about what you're doing on social media with your family that you post versus what the products that you're pitching. So, you know, not lying too much on social media and then, uh, you know, balancing uh, the, the, the units. Um, I think a lot of people, particularly loan officers, are always, you know, trying to close as many dollars as possible because that's how they're incentive. And we all know incentive drives behavior. But putting on your, your corporate manager hat, you really have to focus on increasing your units because that, you know, that's how you staff. And that's, you know, that's the currency of operations staffing. Well, all good points for sure. And that actually is a great lead into what we're talking about today as our main topic and developing loan officers in a difficult market. Jason, share some of your thoughts on that important topic. It's been a changing market and uh, any of us have seen rates go up this quickly in, in our careers, even though they're still historically somewhat low. But it's we, we have a lot of seasoned loan officers you know, that we're just having to uh, you know get them to focus on getting out of their comfort zone again and going out and building those relationships face-to-face that they've been emailing throughout the pandemic and getting in front of people using all of the tools that we have. We have a you know robust uh, tech stack here and we are using MMI and iEmergent and Total Expert and LoanBeam and uh, Blend and we are bringing on the mortgage coach software as well. So some of our best producers and most seasoned producers are sometimes the ludites of the organization, and we need to hold their hands a little bit to coach them or train the trainer, if you will, so that they can coach their teams on how to uh, you know, be more effective using all the technology that we've invested in for them. So, Jason, talk about that. I'm glad that you raised that issue. And the the point is, certainly I see a lot of lenders really emphasizing the, st- the, the technology stack that they have, but getting people to use it, is that really the key part of what you're spending all your development time? Because certainly if you look at even the adoption of something like day one certainty from what Fannie had given, that that was really poorly received when it really came down to it, that most of the loan officers didn't use the technology. Talk about where you're spending your time from a development standpoint. Is it on trying to use the technology and can, and converting the Luddites to something else? Right. So in some cases, you know, the ones that are larger producers that maybe have a sales assistant or a loan officer assistant, you know, in some cases it's, you know, working with their loan officer assistant to help them help themselves or, you know, have them be able to work with their LOA to help them with their uh, their total expert database marketing or even our, our marketing head can set them up on automated journeys to uh, market to their database. But As far as, you know, adoption on things like, uh, you know, POSs or LOSs, you you really, what we found out, (laughs) we found out the hard way that you really kind of have to pull the plug and and do a mandate with a hard, hard roll date. But, you know, we learned that through experience. Some of it's working with the individual. Some of it's also working with their LOAs to help them with uh, embracing the technology and utilizing the technology. 
So what have you found worked? In other words, let's say you had a 10% adoption rate and how far are you able to move the needle and how, what was it that made it just the hard set date that you have to use it? Is that what ended up happening? Well, yes. I mean, we we uh, we we got to a point where we we just had to tell you know loan officers that this is the you know the expectation, and mm-hmm. for for some of our products, they weren't able to fully you know migrate onto the POS for for some of those, depending on the situation or how many borrowers. But yeah, you know, for the most part, we've been able to get roughly eighty percent of our applications coming in online, and close to I, th- I think. 70, 75% of our applications coming in, you know, via blend. So, you know, we, we are utilizing that. And then I would say that, you know, then the loan officer, in some cases, just depending on the level of handholding, you know, they may need to spend some face-to-face time, you know, with the, with the borrowers, you know, because even though Gen, you know, Gen Z and, you know, millennials do want, they, they do want to know who they're borrowing money from, and they do need to be coached and have their hand held through the process. And, yeah, they certainly appreciate it when the loan officer is there at the closing table too. So as the director of mortgage sales, obviously you're working with the branches. What type of development are you doing with the branch managers and what have you found worked? I mean, how does that actually operate for you? So we have uh, we have regional managers and area managers and, you know, they have loan officers in their region, you know, and they, um, they do meet on a monthly basis, you know, face-to-face or as needed. You know, and they are working on their business plans as well as calling on the bank branches as well as outside. Outside, we we do get the majority of our business from from outside the bank. So, mm-hmm. you know, roughly I think 80 percent of our business comes from you know self generated versus from the bank. So we are a big contributor to the bank from a you know account referral standpoint, and uh, the bank appreciates that. And we do obviously service and take care of the bank's customers. You know, both commercial wealth and and retail as well when they have referrals to send to their MLO. So when you're talking about the development and let's say the training component, what do you typically get involved with and how does that actually look like from a program standpoint? You know, we do have a, you know, a mortgage origination support, you know, manager, Darren Shidley, and Darren helps with the onboarding and some of the sharpening of the saw. You know, we have also leveraged uh, you and your team at QFS you know, with the, uh, the, the, the screening uh, for hiring, you know, and uh, also just the profile of the individual uh, so that uh, the manager understands, you know, how that, how that individual is wired. Uh, and then, you know, also with some of our, our new hires, we've worked with uh, you and your team on that. But we've also instituted our own Move the Needle. It was seven classes that we did that focused on different products that we offered or different activities. We had uh, some accountability built into it for the LOs and for the sales managers. Yeah, that was well received. We had underperformers mandated to go to that. Mm -hmm. And then we had others hear such good things that were top performers decide to sign on and take it as an option. And uh, it was really... uh, you know, really a big hit, and we've uh, we we have seen an uptick in in applications from the program, uh, just requiring some accountability for people to go out and report back to their sales manager. There's a scorecard, and they tell them how many sales calls or face to faces. There was a point, you know, there were points allotted for different activities. That was uh, that was something that we did here, you know, beginning in fourth quarter, and you know, it certainly uh, it certainly helped us as well as. Uh, 
you know, student rates ticked down here a little bit hasn't hurt either. So uh, recently, but uh, no, it, it's it's. It, I was glad to see people that weren't mandated to go to the program, you know, engage and, and decide to to opt in. So, what are some of the thoughts for 2023? We only have a few minutes left. Why don't you talk about how you see development looking like uh, in the next year? Yeah, we've got everyone, you know, recalibrating their their business plans for 2023, dating databases. We are sharpening the saw on things like brushing up on the 2-1 buy-downs. Can you explain a SOFR index, you know, to a borrower? <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of old, but now that we're really selling arms, uh, people want to understand what SOFR is versus, you know, what it was previously with LIBOR. And selling face-to-face, getting out of the office, and just leveraging all the tools. So, you know, as far as 2023 goes, yeah, we do have some new product offerings coming on, like like a lot of uh, a lot of other lenders. We are you know signing on for manufactured housing. We have a very robust construction perm channel, so we're going to be doing some construction permanent certification for our MLOs, so that they can become more proficient in that. And uh, also, the uh, the home style renovation product is uh, is something else we're looking to do more of in 2023. Well, certainly you're doing a lot of great things, that's for sure. Well, I want to thank you, Jason, for certainly sharing all your great programs that you're doing. And certainly I want to thank our listeners for spending some time with us. And certainly thanks so much, Jason. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at pshirlock at qfsconsulting.com.